Hi, I'm Sam. About five years ago, my whole world was turned upside down. More on that later, but let's just say in what was supposed to be the happiest time in my life, I felt totally lost. You're listening to or watching my show, where we'll be talking with friends in healthcare, wellness, and holistic healing about real self-care. I'm not talking about pedicures and bubble baths. We're talking true acts of care to maintain our physical and mental health so we can truly live fearlessly and fulfilled. Say it with me. Self-care is my job. Okay, we are live. Yay, we're here. So nice. Okay, so we are back for another episode of Self-Care is My Job. And as usual, I have these amazing groups of people that I have access to to invite to have these amazing conversations on this show. So we have Chelsea Wildfire with us today. Hi, Chelsea. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Me too. Just a little glimpse through your content. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like we got to talk. Um, so yeah. Um, and I always forget to say this. So hi, I'm Samantha Long. I'm the host of the show and my business is Aligned Heart. Aligned Heart Yoga and Self-Care. You can find me on all the platforms, the, the underscore aligned underscore heart on Instagram. And I'm going to give Chelsea a chance to talk a little bit about herself. So tell us what you do and then we'll get into why you do it. I would love to hear your story of like, how did you, because there's always a story, you know, how did you come to this space to do what you do? So tell us. Yes. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I am Chelsea Wildfire. I'm a feminine embodiment coach and I inspire women to really come home to their body, to feel and move through all the layers of pain, shame, guilt, trauma, and ignite their own inner light and flame. I am super grateful that I got to learn and be on my soul's purpose so fast that I have started this journey right because of all the healing i had to do myself in the growth to be able to really uplift others so i do a feminine embodiment coaching and online programs in different you know areas and hosting women's circles and retreats and being able to just bring the magic back into our souls and light everybody up you know i always say i light fires everywhere i go and like good fires <laughs> Mm-hmm. Definitely. I love this. So I'm tagging you real quick on Facebook to make sure that, you know, like we said, that we can light the internet on fire with this conversation. Um, you know, and the reason being is because, yes, yeah, so you, you talk about the work, right? Which I was just having this conversation with a friend last night where it was like, God, I feel like that just like gives like a negative like connotation. Like it's the work. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's hard, but it's like we are breaking cycles like we need to at some point address the ways in which we have limitations, like you were saying. And the only way to do that is about ourselves is to look in. So I was just like writing about this this morning, the fact that in a lot of ways we have traumas and limitations and fears and anxieties that we butt up against constantly over and over again. And the thing is, is that it's not our fault because this has been gifted to us so generously from generations past, 
all of the bullshit, right? Mm -hmm. It's not our fault, but it is our responsibility to not to fix because we're not broken in any way. It's just to, it's, it's our responsibility to address and do our best to break down some of the cycles. I don't think that we can do this in one lifetime. I don't think that it's just like, all right, bing, bang, boom. And now my children and your children and so on. And, you know, our children's children and our nieces and nephews and all of the people are healed for the rest of life. I don't think that that would be really very fun. Um, but we have to do our part. It is our responsibility to connect, to, you know, to really connect the dots and figure out what we can do. Um, and even if it's just to improve our own lives, to actually like get to a point where we're loving ourselves again and we're trusting ourselves again. Um, right there. I think that, you know, forget it. Like if you don't have kids, like for, throw it out the window as far as like breaking the, you know, the gender, you know, the, these cycles that are going out before you. What about you? Like, come on. So yeah. How did you get here? How did this happen for you? <laughs> so I grew up quick um, and, you know, many lifetimes. I know that I've lived many lives because we choose the life we come into and all that we're going to learn in it. And I was learning shit real quick and I had to really step up. And I grew up. So my father died when I was young, when I was about a year old. And then I had my mom and then I had a first stepdad, and another stepdad. And the abandonment wounds, um, childhood trauma, sexual abuse, um, you know, people who are supposed to protect me didn't keep me safe. Not that all of them could, you know, like it wasn't, I'm not blaming or like, you know, it was never their fault. It was just that I learned really young that it was my body. It was my sexuality that people wanted. Right. And I remember, so growing up a little bit, teenage, you know, I was getting bullied. I was in like physical fights with so many women growing up. So it's so interesting that now I'm like really lifting them up and I was bullied a lot. And I remember, you know, people telling me that I didn't deserve to live and that I was a bad person and I was um, slut shamed before I, I even had anything to do with that. Right. Like I was never having sex, but I grew up fast and I had big boobs right away. So right away that brings attention to you. And when I was 13, like I didn't want to live anymore. It was rough. And I remember just telling myself, like, look, Chelsea, if these people don't love you or like you, that is their problem, not yours. And that was when I learned I had to build myself up so other people couldn't pull me down. And then um, the versions of love and receiving that I learned, I had um, a stepdad that was, like, passionate and loving and very sweet, right? That was who I grew up knowing as dad. And then I was afraid when he would be coming home from driving his truck. Um, he was a semi-driver, so he'd be gone and he would come home back and forth. And I was scared. I was like, I remember being young and running for the phone, trying to call my mom to tell her to come home, but he would unplug it or, you know, like just fear and scary, you know? And then growing up, I repeated those cycles. I was in relationships with men who were unavailable. I was numbing all the pain and trauma that I didn't acknowledge. You know, when you're young, it's, it is what it is. You don't really know necessarily that it's abuse until you grow up and you get out of it. And you're like, whoa, okay, that's some stuff I have to look at. And I, you know, was really anxious and having panic attacks and I was sad and unhappy going through college. And I was like, something has to change. I was so sick of repeating the same patterns of 
seeing the same guys in a um, different person, right? Like the same devils, different person. And then using drugs and alcohol to numb, to run away, to cover up, like all of these things came back to my own self-worth. And if I'm worthy to even receive love, to be happy, um, you know, and even the money stories come in of like scarcity when I was growing up and um, losing the house, my mom going bankrupt, you know, all because of uh, marriage she got into, right? So then I had so many negative stories around relationships, around money, around love. Um, so I have been really breaking and learning and you have to take time to look back, start doing that inner child healing and acknowledge what are the first stories you learned? What did you learn growing up about love, money, relationships? How are those affecting what you're doing now? And how are you going to get out of that and then break it for the people around you? And I remember having conversations with my mom and talking to her about some of her ex-boyfriends and how I'm definitely repeating this pattern and then talking to her about my grandma and my great grandma and all these women. And I was like, so this whole fixing men thing runs in my blood, huh? Mm. <laughs> and I'm done. fixing men. <laughs> yeah, I'm not here for that. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I had to really pick myself up and start doing my own inner healing. I started working with coaches. I started doing yoga. I started going to retreats. I started doing these things. And I remember my first women's retreat. I just like looked around. I was in Costa Rica and I was like, wow, this is what it feels like to genuinely connect with other women. We laughed, we cried, like women from all over the world. We got to really come together. And I was like, okay, this is what I have to do. It was just like a aha, you know, because I had gotten to college. I did what society told me I needed to do is go to college, get the job, right? But I was killing myself. I was unhappy. I was literally, I was working at a treatment center with kids who had suicide attempts and self-harm. And I wanted to be for them what I wish I had when I was younger. However, these kids didn't want help yet. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of pain there. And I learned a lot of boundaries and how to work through trauma and anxiety and a lot of pain. But then when I went to this women's circle and this retreat, I was like, this is it. I felt it in my soul. Like, all right, this is what I'm meant to be doing. I need more of this and I need to give this to the world. So ever since then, it's just been like, I chose to do this. And all of a sudden, the universe was like, all right, you're here. Let's do this. And it was like, okay, I got my yoga certification. And that same month, I was teaching yoga at a music festival. And then the next month. And then I was hosting Red Tents, which is like safe space for women at music festivals. And my retreats and women's circles were just all of a sudden, boom. It was like, spirit was like, finally, Chelsea, we've been waiting for you. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's been a beautiful journey to bring all of my training, my own healing, and be able to share it and uplift others so they can learn faster and (laughs) listen to their body and their truth to make that change faster. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And not to go, like, too far down this road because we want to stay on topic, but, like, oh, God, does that happen, right? Like, once you start, you feel this awareness inside of you that finally you're able to trust this – draw towards doing what you knew was going to be your thing with the retreats, teaching yoga and everything. And you take action and the universe answers Mm -hmm. with opportunities every single time. It's always like you need to actually find that space where you say, okay, like I'm going to trust this. And then the doors open up, bing, Mm -hmm. bing, bing. 
I know I've experienced this and it's beautiful. So congrats on that. And even just right, like embodying your like your purpose, like actually making it happen. It's a beautiful thing. Um, but yeah, so I'm wearing, I want to just throw this out there. I don't know which way to go. I'm wearing my special uh, sweatshirt. Hello, I'm enough. Uh, threw this on this morning and thought to myself, well, that's appropriate. Cause like, I like to always give like examples because that's been my biggest cycle to break. That's been my biggest pattern to unravel from. Yep. The who the fuck do you think you are pattern, right? Yep. Am yep. I right? So, yep. yeah, you were going to say. Well, right. When you and when you shift and you're all of a sudden like, whoa, who am I? Right. You do. You start questioning yourself. I remember um, it was end of that summer. I was hosting Red Tent Circles. Like I was doing all the things and I was still like, oh, Maybe I need to do more training. Like, who am I to be doing this? And society likes to make us think that we need all these certifications and things outside of us to know our worth. Mm -hmm. And that's not true. All of the work I've done, I think one person has asked me about my certification because I am walking the walk. I'm showing it. You can feel it in who I am and what I do. And I remember I was at um, this festival and I was finally, I was like getting paid to host Red Tent. I had free meals for me and a couple people to help, like, I was just like, wow. like I have a good film right now. Just thinking about like, how is this real right now? How is this happening? And I was so excited. And I was still fighting that battle of I'm not enough. Because since mm -hmm. I was young, I was never enough. It was never enough is what that story. And I still, you know, it's still that little voice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember at the end of the night, one night after the Red Tent, or after like at the end of the music festival, like literally like three in the morning, I went and laid in the Red Tent. And I just laid on the ground and I was like, Oh, you know, I am enough. Nobody is questioning my worth except myself. Mm -hmm. And just being in that feminine energy and seeing and thinking about all the magic that I'm carrying and bringing and helping and the deep relief I get to see in women to cry and talk and share about their own pain and to feel safe mm -hmm. to do that. It was like, okay, all right, you know what? I am enough and this is okay. And that's a con constant thing we got to keep reminding ourselves that I am worthy, I'm enough. Those are two things I'm constantly saying and sharing and helping other people say that too. I do uh, soul sessions, which is a mixture of my coaching, energy work, sound healing, like Reiki, right? And I started with Reiki and I just kept adding and doing all these things, but I had to trust myself. I had to listen. I had to connect to my higher self, to spirit, to the guides. And when they tell me things, not question it, but listen. And every session I do, because I do these sessions with men and women, I do them with everyone. 95% of the sessions come back to your own self-worth. Yes. Are you worthy of love? Are you worthy of being happy? Feeling worthy in who you are? Yes, exactly. I feel like that has been my experience as well. Um, even if it comes down to like dr taking it all the way back, right? Because something sparked when you were talking about your story and sort of when you had your moment of this is what I'm supposed to be doing. You were in the process of doing your work by prioritizing your self-care. So you were allowing yourself to practice your yoga. You were opening up to 
you know, starting to listen to your intuition. You were going to retreats yourself. You were patroning these these events first, always, right? Like, of mm -hmm. course, you can't decide that this is your thing until you do it, until you are are the student first, right? Yeah. So I always like to kind of take it back because I feel like a lot of people who listen to this podcast and, you know, that I would work with even have a block even to taking that step of prioritizing themselves because of that lack of self-worth, because of who the hell am I to take an entire hour to myself or even three days at a retreat to myself? Um, who am I? So it's like, it's that spiral of healing that we kind of like have to be okay with the fact that you're going to like, where do I even start? Right. I always get that. Where do I even start? You start with self-care. You yep. start with prioritizing yourself in small ways because it sends a, mes a message inward of worthiness. It's like that embodied message of like, oh, like I just took my ass to that class. I just booked that trip. I just took action that would, that validates my worthiness because I just did it. You know, you have to take the action first. And I love the alignment too. I always talk about this. Like, so, okay, self-worth, all the buzzwords, right? Self-worth, self-love, all of them can be kind of associated with the concept of confidence, yep. right? And it's like, so confidence, I always feel like it's like, you know, like misunderstood word where it's like confidence, like I feel like I can accomplish anything, but it's more, I think, aligns with like a feeling, mm -hmm. right? And like feeling confident, feeling like you can go forth with what the universe is drawing you toward or, or, or what you feel is your purpose or what you feel you need. If you can't feel like you can go forth towards that and take action towards that, there's always a worthiness problem. And so coming back mm -hmm. to it, like you will you will, but like you were saying, it doesn't go away. You will butt up against that a whole bunch, even after you take action, but you can't build that self trust and elements of confidence until you take that action. It doesn't, it doesn't like just come because we're actually very blocked from that feeling of like, I got this. We're very blocked from that feeling. So we have to actually, I think sometimes people get it twisted where they're waiting for that. They're waiting for it to come, the wave of like self-worth, the wave, the feeling of confidence so that they can take action. No, I feel like you have to step right over that. You have to step into like radical self-care and then start to see what arises from that. So that's like, I always like to bring it back to like the concept of self-care, even though that's you know, yet another buzzword. And I know we hear about it everywhere, but it's like, it's more than just your pedicures and your manicures and your freaking blowouts. It's not yeah. that at all. It's like actually doing yeah. the things that make you happy. Like those little, like m those little feelings you get inside, like, Oh, like, I think I would really like that. Go with it. Do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing is, yeah, um, we have society and we have the media and other companies who want to take our money. And that's why they self-care is mm -hmm. all these like things about getting your nails done, doing this, right? But really what I think self-care is caring about yourself enough to acknowledge and sit with yourself, mm. to be still, to listen, 
to feel in your body what you need. Maybe you got to stop running and take, like I do self-care Sundays, so I don't go on social media. I do take baths. That is definitely mm. fiery and I need to clear that energy. But at the end of the day too, is like I had to sit with myself like, how am I feeling right now? How do I feel after this week? How do I feel after this day? But caring about yourself enough to quit running, quit worrying about everybody else around you and worry about yourself first. I, when I was younger, always knew I needed to help people. And I kept getting the message like, you have to help yourself first. You have to help yourself first. And I'm like, whatever. <laughs> and Ready. then I, <laughs> I still get that message and I still am working on myself and I always will be. But that's how we become leaders and really truth seekers is we heal our own stuff. We practice, we try and we see what fits and what works. And then we help other people too with it, you know, and the self care, I'm all about it. And it intertwines with self love and self worth because you have to feel worthy enough to give yourself that time. And like morning routines, everybody talks about how you have to have time for the morning for yourself. And I was, I've had many coaches that told me and I didn't always do it, but then because I didn't feel worthy of that time, I literally wrote post-it notes and said, you, you are worthy of this time. Okay. So when I wake up, I drink some water, I sit, I feel, I stretch, I cuddle my cat and feel into like, all right, let's get this day started. And I have a whole practice now that's at least an hour long. And when I check in and I ask women and other people, like how much time do you give yourself a week? I'm up to, I don't know, 10, 20 hours at least minimum a week because at least an hour every day plus more because I love taking care of myself. And other people, you know, it's even hard to do five minutes, 20 minutes. Mm. So mm. to start with that, I would just to give a little nugget of what helps is give yourself five minutes in the morning. Don't go on your phone. Drink some water. Sit with yourself just to drink that water for um, every day for 30 days. And then add another thing, right? We can't go from one little thing to 10 things. You got to start small and build that habit. And then you'll start feeling how like strong, how committed you are to yourself and that you can trust yourself. Mm -hmm. I love that. So beautiful. I mean, I have an example of why that is so important and why it works. So I uh, just had decided to take summer because you mentioned like, the slowing down and the, or, you know, like in other words, so you mentioned self-care being allowing yourself to actually be with yourself and, and slow down enough and get quiet enough to just to, to really feel what you actually need, because it's true. Yeah. You, you ask people, okay, so we're going to, you know, yeah, we're going to prioritize your self-care. And what do you need? I don't know. You know, like literally no connection. And yep. I was there. So I understand it fully, you know, like, I don't know. And then like, even the anxiety setting in of like, what if I make the wrong choice <laughs> for this one, the hour that I've allotted myself? What if I make the wrong choice? But so the example is that I, I took, I knew in my soul and in my body that I needed summer to slow down and be with my kids and just like be super present with my kids and like open up my heart and my soul to them and not have it be like this, uh, you know, like I'm, I'm just managing you and, you know, having it be like, okay, like I, I'm all yours. Where you want to go? Want to go to the beach? Want to go to the lake? You want to go sit outside? You want to go to the park? What do you want to do? Um, and in that slowing down and like totally simplifying of everything, 
I got a very clear answer of what what I would receive based on making that decision and making that space in my life. I was at first very taken back by this, but I started getting wake up calls at 4.44 in the morning, every morning for at least two weeks, 4.44, up and awake, wide awake. And at first I was like, no, 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 like I need sleep. I need to take care of the kids. Like I'm not going to have energy to do this. Nope. 4.44, up and awake. And what happened? I started a practice of waking up early and making my coffee and sitting down and journaling for probably at least 30 minutes, if not longer. Um, even through that, I was able to glean like, okay, like I'm allowing this session to be my brain dump, just like, like release all like the crazy out of here so I can clear it out. But then even further than that, understanding that actually, no, this nine times out of 10 will turn very quickly from a brain dump to an explosion of frigging creativity. So then I get the message loud and clear, like, bitch, you need to get up out of bed. You are most creative in the morning. So I'm telling this story and, and, and the practice and routine has evolved since then even, Mm -hmm. and it will, and you have to kind of go with it because it's not going to, you know, with every season, it's going to change Yep, and it's okay. But, um, understand like you know again gleaning from it what you will in the time that it's happening for you and then you know like my my understanding is just like okay you can't you you if you're overloading yourself with all the shoulds and the supposed tos of your life and that is what you fully embody as who you are then you have made no space for coming home to yourself to remembering literally like who you really are at your true essence. So just make the space, right? Like, just like use that as like one thing. And like you said, even if it's just getting up and like just being with yourself for five minutes, right? Mm -hmm. Even if it's just like noticing how uncomfortable that might be for you to sit for five minutes. And I know you're going to understand what I, what I mean if I say, locate where that discomfort is in your body (laughs) and have a conversation with it. You know, I know there are people who might listen to this and go, well, that sounds weird, (laughs) but I also, you know, I'm sorry. Yeah. There's a reason that you feel that that sounds weird. And it's just because we've been conditioned to detach from our body and to to Mm -hmm. detach from the sensations in our body that are giving us the messages that we need because it's weird because it looks weird, right? Oh, I'm going to sit and have a conversation with myself. You think it's weird. It's not weird. It's actually (laughs) completely natural. We've just been programmed to believe that we have to fit into these boxes and that thing, this is normal and this is, this is not. So I know you probably have so much to say about that, but it's like, you know, like for me, that's the, that's one of, one of the cycles to break is like the should and the shouldn't, the, the, Mm -hmm. the, the just taking for gospel, what, what, what things are supposed to look like and not supposed to look like. And then you lose complete connection to your intuition and your self-trust, which really are one in the same technically. Yeah. And it's the thing is, is like society and the media tells us a lot of who we should be, what we should do. There's so much shame and judgment put on us. And 
our power is taking a, taken away in so many ways from, you know, generations, right? The long time, like women are just now really getting their power and moving forward so much more. But the thing with um, breaking the cycles and just acknowledging that so many other people are shooting on us, telling us how to be, how to walk, how to show up, that we have to start listening inward and finding the stillness within us to acknowledge all the things that we're carrying that's not ours. I have so many clients that are like, Chelsea, I'm scared because I talked about shadow work in the darkness. Okay. We can't love ourselves if we don't love all parts of us. There's a lot in the spiritual community that's light and love and fluffy and all this stuff and self-care, right? No, 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 We got to get dig in. Those things you're not looking at, that past pain, the trauma, the things that you're holding on to, your own toxic behavior and unhealthy choices, we got to look at that. We mm-hmm. have to go into that. And I love being able to guide women into their own darkness and their shadow where they're raw and they're real and they're feeling and they're like crying and they're like, Oh, but then let them guide them back out. Mm-hmm. So they feel that they have that power, that it's okay to go in, to look at those things, to acknowledge and be aware and that we have our own strengths within to come out of it and not ignore it. When we let shame and guilt and pain and just kind of subtly hang out behind us and we don't look at it it controls everything we do it mm-hmm. stops us from showing up for ourselves for others it stops us because of the fear of what other people think or all of the constructs that society has put on us we have to really build ourselves up so we feel okay you know like i am chelsea wildfire and i'm wild and i'm eccentric and i'm loud i'm too much i dress wild and you know people aren't used to me but I don't apologize. I'm not going to stop being who I am because somebody else doesn't like it. I am unapologetic about who I am and I'm going to keep being that because then that gives permission to everybody around me to be like, oh, you know what? All right. I need to feel that too. I'm ready for that. Right. And as I build that up, I get to stay stronger in who I am and not going back to old ways or old ideas of who I used to be. I have been tested plenty lately. I've been going through a big shift, a big identity. I'm at the end of my Saturn return. And it's like, all right, all of that, like I ended a relationship and quit my job in the same weekend. I was like, I'm out. I'm done with all of this. It's not serving. This is the old me. I have been knowing and hearing it in my soul, but not listening. I numbed to it. I avoided it. I was like, no, I'm not ready. I can't do this. It's too hard. I don't know. I can't. And then I took the step and the leap and I was like, okay, I'm done with all this old crap. I remember I was in a unhealthy relationship that was a direct reflection of my first relationship with my stepdad. So I, the hot cold, passionate love, scary, fear. Like I had to involve um, cops a few times for my safety. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I was dumb and I still went back because there wasn't physical abuse. It was mental and emotional. And I hadn't built up my self-worth enough. I was doing things. It's been years of working on my self-love and self-worth, but I have even more years of undoing, right? Like think of all the years that you have talked down to yourself. You've had these negative beliefs about yourself and you haven't felt worthy. You got to rewire your brain 
to believe that you can have more and that it is possible and and do the work to get out. It's, there's no one all, heal all, you're done. Like you have to keep going and keep going. And the, ring, the reason I work with a spiral is because every lesson is going to come back. Mm-hmm. And it's, are you going to come back and grow from it and spiral up and connect to your higher self? Or are you going to sink back into the old ways and go back down? Um, I used to be really good at bad decisions. That was, you know, funny thing. Like, I like to play with fire and I make bad decisions and it's so much fun. Hey, everyone. First of all, I want to thank you for showing up for this episode of Self-Care is My Job. Um, your um, following and your listening of the show is incredibly important to me. So thank you again. And Here's the other thing. I am ready to start talking about something that has been a complete game changer in my life. So here it is. Recently, I became a partner with a company called Amare. And they also call themselves the mental wellness company. So you can imagine why it's important for me to have a connection with this company, considering I am all about mental wellness um, and self-care. So part of my self-care routine has included for about six months now, a product that they offer called the Fundamentals Pack. So this is a probiotic regimen. It consists of three different probiotic blends, one that helps the health of your brain, one that helps the health and balance of your gut, and one that actually focuses on the vagus nerve. So if you have never heard of that before, it's the nerve that runs from your gut all the way up to your brain. And it really does make that connection between the gut and the brain and helps with your mental wellness by way of actually focusing on gut health. Did you know that the majority of the dopamine and serotonin that is generated in your body is actually generated in the gut? So when we think about mental health, we focus so much on the brain and mindset work and very much about how the health of your body might actually affect your mental wellness. So balancing the gut is really crucial as being a part of that if it's something that you're working towards. So I'm going to include a link to the site, the Amare site, where you could view these products um, in the description of this episode. And I really encourage you to reach out to me if you feel like you want more information, or if you want to chat about it and the benefit, the benefits that it has had in my life which include, but are not limited to, obviously an improvement, not only in my mental health, my ability to stay calm and grounded, my focus. The next things that I started to notice as I stayed on this regimen for a while, my hair, skin, and nails um, started to improve. My environmental allergies reduced by about 70% this summer, which was crazy. There are so many other things that um, I could go on about. But again, if you feel like you have questions, you want to learn more, please go to the site that I'm going to provide in the description, or you can email me at selfcarewithsam at gmail.com. Okay, so we'll talk soon. Thank you again for listening. And again, take care of yourself. And now... I make really good decisions and it feels way better. You know, just yesterday I got tested. I tested myself. I was like, look, I have my ego and I have my higher self. They're both like, Chelsea, do this, do this, right? And I'm like, all right, let me see where I'm at. Let me see if I've broken these cycles. <laughs> and um, I went to um, an old job that I used to work at. That was a big thing, the one that I ended. And my ex was still there. And I walked in. I said hi. I said hi to a bunch of people. And I left and I didn't go back. No problem sensor. I was like, okay, 
all right, it's in the past. I really can. And when I um, rewind, I forgot that the that relationship. I was walking behind my niece once. We were at a family get together, and my partner at that time was there. And it wasn't the best. I'll <laughs> say that. Um, and I remember just being sad, and like I just had an argument, or he just treated me in some way that was like mentally emotional, emotional draining, and hard, and pulled my soul down. And I remember walking behind her, going over to the garage, and thinking, I cannot show her this is what love is. Mm-hmm. I cannot show her that this is what relationships are about. I have to break this cycle now because I know the story of her mom. I know the story of my mom, of our grandmothers. Like I know all the stories of our family and I am done. Like I have to break this now for myself so that I can live a happy life. But, and so the, the kids, you know, and eventually I'm going to have children for them to be able to heal from it for all of my family to see, to embody and share for other women. Like we have to do this for ourselves and everybody watching us. And everybody around us use that judgment and fear of what people are thinking to inspire you to do better. Mm. It's so necessary. Um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned this before, like every time that you choose you, meaning like you choose yourself over just feeding right into this pattern that you know is problematic for you. Every time you do it, even though it might make people around you uncomfortable periodically or for a period of time, like you are sending a ripple outward, inspiring people to eventually come around to that space themselves, Mm -hmm. which when that happens, obviously, you know, you come full circle, full spiral. And you just like, you know, then you can actually have this deeper connection with the people that you want to be connected to. Um, And when you were talking you know, you were talking about, yeah, me like coming up against the same things over again. And I'm always connecting the concept of yoga being a practice to our lives. Like this is not, we're not trying, yeah, we're breaking cycles and we're, and we're setting shit on fire that doesn't serve us anymore. A hundred percent, but we're not striving for perfection. We're not trying to master life. It isn't it. That's not the goal. We're practicing. We're literally practicing making better decisions Mm -hmm. and the decisions ideally are aligned with our own like truth as opposed to what everybody else says is Mm -hmm. good or bad. So, you know, even with me, I find the same thing. I think that one of the repeated patterns for me connected to self-worth completely, as we were saying, is guilt. Mm. I come, you know, I expand as you know, as we do, right. We're always expanding, you know, growing, getting bigger, evolving, up, up leveling. And then the, the, you know, the, the inhale (laughs) to, Mm -hmm. to just further this metaphor. And then we are contracting, we're exhaling, we're releasing, but we have to contract and we have to go inward for that. So it's the same concept. Like you're going to come, you're going to need to like go back in to address the shit when it comes up again. So yeah. I expand, I grow in my business, I up level as far as what I know my purpose to be as of lately, right? And then just as quickly, I feel the guilt set in of who the fuck do I think I am to do this? Mm-hmm. But every time it gets a little bit easier to navigate because of your awareness being what it is based on 
the efforts that you're taking towards breaking these cycles. Mm -hmm. So I always like to bring that metaphor in of, yes, like we're not trying to perfect ourselves in any way or get, you know, get or fix ourselves. Right. But we're just trying to expand a little bit further each time, just like the breath, right? Like we're trying to just bring in a little bit further each time, even if it feels like fucking tight. (laughs) Um, and it ha- and 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 also understanding that when we come up against those things again and again not only will it get easier each time but not shaming ourselves for it coming up again because it's fully a part of us and at one point in time it was a way it was a defense mechanism it was a way to keep us safe so you know and connecting everything back to like the body and our nervous system like your nervous system is there to help you manage stress and or worse, right? Like on what's the spectrum, like manage anywhere from stress to like fucking disaster. Are we fighting? Are we freezing? Are we fleeing? Whatever it is, like, what do we need to do? And when we, so any, any pattern really arises similarly from, from that same space, any pattern that we like, that we cycle through again and again and again, but it was there for a reason to protect you or to help you in some way. So when I feel guilt, for example, I will often, you know, take five minutes, place my hands on myself in some way, shape or form, or even give myself a really tight hug and find that, that connection back to why do I feel this? I feel guilt, for example, for like when I do more and I'm trying to, you know, expand and move further into my purpose, but now I'm leaving my kids more. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to feel guilt for that. Right. And part of it is about not feeling like I'm doing enough for this persona and this hat and this hat that I'm supposed to wear. And the other part of it is just like, not fighting it. So here it fucking comes up again for you, Sam. Come on. Like, how do you manage this? Da, da, da. No, because the guilt technically arises also out of love. Mm-hmm. The people in my life who love me and are in my circle. So it's, you know, we also have to be careful about shaming ourselves when this shit comes up because it's going to come up. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's the thing is there's so much shame that we don't acknowledge. I remember my uh, feminine embodiment coaching training. We went into shame, and I was like, I've always been wild. I was like, I don't have shame. I'm fine. I've been loving what I've been doing. That was a lie. That was spiritual bypassing. I went in, and I was like, oh, I got a lot. <laughs> like, okay. So actually, a lot of work I do is about going through shame. And for self-love, you have to forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to really allow yourself to look back at all the shame you're carrying about yourself because of the old ways you did something because now you've changed and your values have changed. So it's okay that you choose to do better now, but we have to acknowledge and release and work through that stuff. And life is always going to test us. There's always going to be ups and downs. I always say it's all about riding the waves. Like, you know, I'm just riding the waves right now. I used to have really high highs, really low lows, really high highs, like, right. So it's like big, big, big. Now, I just kind of, you know, like I'm pretty high already and then I got a couple little lows and it, it is, you get better at getting through it. You know, I have been so happy lately. Like I have finally really focused all of my attention on my business. I've been getting more and more clients and my soul dream clients coming, women who really feel it in their body to work with me. And it feels so good to be doing what I'm doing. 
and I'm happy, right? Mm-hmm. And then last night I turned on a show and I didn't even know what it was about. I just heard it was good. So I was like, cool, let me watch this. <sighs> Boom, I got triggered, right? It was about um, abuse and relationships and that it's not all about physical abuse. It's the mental and emotional. That it doesn't start off like that. They love bomb you. They make you think it's the best love and you feel so good. And then all of a sudden you're scared and they're throwing things and you're like, whoa, wait, wait, what's happening, right? Mm. So last night I like laid in my bed and I was like, whoa, what am I, what, what, why am I feeling so sad right now? And I had to just cry. It was like mm. midnight and I'm laying in my bed. I'm like, okay, I guess there's another layer coming up. Mm-hmm. There's another thing. Cause I remember one of the last times was one of the big fights with my ex. I came home and I was like, I'm just numb right now. I know how to feel my feelings. I gladly do. But at that point, I had gone through so much and dealt with so much anger and negative energy thrown at me that I was just drained and exhausted. and I didn't know how to feel anymore. Like, it numbed me. So last night, it was like, hey, remember that time you didn't feel some of this? Now it's time to feel some more of it. So I'm just going a little deeper. And so I laid there and I cried and I didn't feel bad about it. I didn't question myself. I was just like, huh, you know, I just got to cry. And I like connected to my, my higher self, my angels, my guides. And I was like, look, help me, help me read the red flags right away and listen the first time. Help me trust my intuition, my inner knowing. I knew I broke up with this dude five times, five. That's how stupid I just kept going back. Right. Cause I didn't fill myself up enough. And I, remember the first time the first time I broke with him he threw a remote and it hit the wall and I was like whoa but then afterwards through manipulation and blaming me and making me feel like it was my fault I still went back Mm -hmm. and I laid in bed last night and said please please God spirit source whatever you believe in something outside of you I was like please help me listen to my intuition and the first red flag I ever see to hold myself strong, to listen to my boundaries, to have my boundaries and know that I'm worth it and I deserve so much more. And through that, it's like, okay, why did I keep going back? Why was there a cycle? Why did I allow this through and create trauma bonding? Like that is also a buzzword that keeps going around too. And I didn't, I like didn't really acknowledge it until I like looked it up to define it. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> okay. Sorry. What? Maybe we can define that here a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So um, I actually screenshotted it today so I can remember and I'm going to read it for you. So trauma bonds are emotional bonds with an individual that arise from a reoccurring cyclical pattern of abuse perpetrated by um, it- intermittent reinforcement through rewards and punishment. And um a little bit more about it is so trauma bonding is when like a narcissist repeats a cycle of abuse with somebody and then that person it's fueled for a need for validation and love so you need to feel validated from somebody else if you're not validating yourself you look for it outside of yourself and when you have childhood wounds of abandonment of trigger of abuse you're gonna keep looking for somebody else to love me like my dad didn't love me or my stepdad didn't love me enough so let me go try to find that men I did that for a long time Mm. and it's exhausting and it's never enough and I started being like all right like I'm working through a self-love workbook again and I'm not allowing myself to date until I finish that right and it's like I've done plenty of healing but I have way more to keep going like we all do and I just bringing that up and being aware of 
the push-pull dynamic um, and the rewards and punishment. I remember in that relationship I had, like he would spoil me and um, get me like self-care stuff and different things, material things. And I was like, look, this isn't what I want. I want you to love yourself, to be secure in us, in me, to trust me, to not be jealous of who I am or like the energy that I have with other people. But then, you know, they give gifts and then expect something for it. Like, mm-hmm. okay, that, that's not the point of giving gifts. And being rewarded or punished for how you are or what you're doing, that's an, a flag to look at. Like, okay, is this in a healthy way or is this somebody just trying to keep me feeling validated from something else? because they know that it's been really exhausting and draining me. And I want to speak to that. When you're in it, you don't always know. You are blinded with rose-colored glasses that, because you feel the love, you see the good in people. That's also one of my things, discernment, Mm. and seeing the whole picture, not just what I want to see. But you see the cute stuff, the love, that they do care about you. You listen to their words versus listening to their actions when they're scary and they're throwing things or hitting things or, you know, there's actions showing you other ways, you have to listen to that. And when you have friends or family that are like, hey, like I remember my mom was like, Chelsea, he's a narcissist. You need to get out of that. And I was like, and I looked it up again. I was like, oh my gosh, she's right. Still went back two more times because I had to really figure it out in my own body. I had to be like sitting with myself like, okay, Chelsea, look at this clearly. Stop thinking about your perception of what you want it to be or the potential and look at it for what it really is and what you're really feeling day to day. And it's like after being out of that and being back to myself, it's like, this is what energy feels like. This is how good I can feel day to day. Like you don't have to be exhausted and wore out. And then the working hard through relationships to make it better, right? Yes, relationships take work. But if it is draining you more than it's fulfilling you, and it is pulling you down and holding you and exhausting you, that probably is something you need to look at and acknowledge and feel into your body of like, what is feeling right right now? Mm. It's so true. Like, so like back to the trauma bonding for a moment, it's about like that process of being like, of just constant being in constant reaction mode with someone Mm -hmm. and it doesn't allow any space to actually slow down and notice what you want and don't want and what you're comfortable with and not comfortable with and where boundaries are being crossed and not being crossed. So you, you tend to, so you don't have the ability to help uh, to set any boundaries in a healthy way because you're well, just even if you in do. that cycle. Even if you do though, you're in it and they can talk you out of it because they're really oh, yeah. smart, right? Completely. So even if you do do that, there's then you and you hold that boundary, then it triggers them or, you know, and then they go into this and then the, it, it, it's that cycle. It's like yeah. that when you're hold. dealing, absolutely. When you're dealing with a narcissist specifically, mm-hmm. also experience this. Um, but I guess, yeah, what I'm saying is you, um, yeah, when you're dealing with a narcissist specifically, that is a hundred percent true. It's very hard to step out of that cycle when it's like continuously happening completely. Um, yeah. What I was thinking when you were talking was like this ability to set boundaries when you're in 
relationships that where you're, you know, where you're not, where you don't have that, those blind spots, mm -hmm. definitely it gets really, really complicated, but you don't, it's unfortunate because in that trauma bonding space, I mean, and we can kind of even take that outside of a relation, like an intimate relationship, you might have mm -hmm. a trauma bonding situation with your own parent, for yep. example. Oh yeah. Um, so it makes it real, and and just your your intimate connection with these people also makes it almost impossible to. It feels impossible to set boundaries because then it's like, what am I? Who am I? Again, self worth. What am I if I don't get that validation from this person, mm -hmm. right? So you're trying to validate yourself continuously, as you were saying, um, but it's it's it goes back, I think, to the. Um, the idea that we're always coming up against the same thing, mm -hmm. you, and that it's not our fault, but it is our responsibility to actually take, take some action eventually while still honoring that you are on a path and you have a journey that you need to live out. So again, you know, it kind of connects back to what we were saying about not shaming yourself. Like you are on a journey, you are going to grow from these experiences, even if it is that you spent a period of time with a narcissistic partner, you know, like there doesn't mean there's something wrong with you because you allowed it to happen for that period of time. Right. Like, well, you, and even you were saying, you're like, so dumb. I'm so dumb. You know, like, I, was, I know I that was. you don't really <laughs> believe that anymore, even no. when you say it. So it's like, yeah. you know, I always try not to do the thing where it's like, don't say that about yourself. It's like, I know that you don't really believe that about yourself, no. but it does, you know, yeah. Like in retrospect, sometimes, yeah, you are like, wow, <laughs> especially mm -hmm. when you've grown enough to see it for what it is. You're like, wow, you really yep. dumb, but in like a comical way, but you, yeah. you, and it's so, it's a beautiful thing actually, when you can look back and, and not, and look at it almost in this total with totally new eyes. And because you're seeing it for the journey that it needed to be. And it also leads into like, when you're watching you, like you said, I don't want gifts. I want you to prioritize your own mental and emotional wellness so that we yeah. can really do this. Yep. The thing that really sucks to get your head around is that you have zero fucking control. Correct. what that person does or doesn't do with their yep. mental and emotional wellness. Yep. You can only do what we were saying before of doing it your, yourself and sending the ripple outward. That yes. is it. Exactly. Because anything, nine times out of 10, anything that you would say to kind of guide that process might actually, especially if that person is in a, like in living in their own trauma, it, anything that you would say would probably be absorbed as a judgment and therefore be a trigger for them yep. more often than not versus helpful and supportive. So it's hard, but this is another reason why it's all about you. This is it. This is all you have control over. You got to do that inner work and you got to have the support too, right? You know, we can't do it all by ourselves. I'm strong as heck and I still need my support. And mm -hmm. that's why it's really led me like I work with coaches, even though I'm a coach, I still have other people coaching me too. Like I need somebody outside of me to be like, Chelsea, you're going to a story land right now. Let's get down to the real part of it. Like, let's be real with it. And that continued growth. Having that one-on-one -on -one support, having a mentor, having somebody that knows and is aware and 
isn't going to allow you to stay in those stories and lift you up is so important. And that's why I started doing the work I do. And that's why right now I have a course called Break the Cycles because it's all about, you know, we talk a lot about relationships. It is definitely about that. But it's also coming back to the money story and breaking the habits and the old scarcity mindset that we knew growing up. It's about negative self-talk of not loving yourself. We have to find radical self-love and acknowledge all the cycles and the patterns that we kept doing before we loved ourselves enough. So right now it's just been a beautiful space to see how many women are reaching, reaching out right now. I'm like, Chelsea, I'm ready. Like, I'm ready to break the cycles. Like, how can I do this? How can I work with you? And it's been really beautiful to have these one-on-one vulnerable conversations and get down to the real nitty gritty with somebody and then help them hold themselves accountable and do the work. Yeah. It's beautiful. We're going to put in the description of this episode, all the links to your new course, your new, um, your new program of this initiation that you're inviting women into, which is beautiful. Um, I want to ask you as we start to close out, I always kind of try at least if I have, if I have the brain to do it, um, to kind of come back and let, uh, tell us a, your favorite self-care practices that are working for you now. And also if there are any final thoughts that you're like, Oh, I got to make sure I get this in here. <laughs> mm. My favorite self-care right now is hot tea. Mm. I used to not like tea very much and there's many different kinds and I add honey and now I add creamer to it. And it's like, Oh, it's the best thing in the world. But I start my day with hot tea and a sea moss gel. I cannot say a sea moss gel is amazing. It's helped my skin, my body, my everything. So I highly suggest that. This is but- so funny. I was just informed about sea moss gel last night. For the first time. And I thought, like, I thought my friend was talking about something different. I'm like, do you mean like spirulina? Like, what do you mean? Like, what do you, I literally had no clue what he was talking about. And now you're saying it. That's my favorite thing. Because it it helps your immune system, which obviously we need that right now. And it helps your skin, your hair, your energy. Like, I love it. So that's my favorite self-care. So I'm taking care of myself from the inside. And then the tea itself is like, warming and I get to sit with myself and just drink it and usually I pull my tarot cards and I just I create this ritual out of it and it's really juicy and super amazing Mm, I love it we need those and yeah it's the experience again like okay so yes you have to go to the store or go online and buy that special tea that you like for example so that is a product yes but it's not about purchasing a thing it's about creating experience and experience creating a moment for yourself yeah Yeah. so what else any final thoughts that you have for us that could be around anything like something you want to squeeze in or that it needs to be said or even about your um your offering um i want to squeeze in do your inner child healing inner child healing is the core root of everything your self-worth your self-love get on that and if you don't know what that is let's talk let's get to that Mm-hmm. and um, dance and play and let your inner child come out and have fun with life. My motto right now is that I am making love to life and life is making love to me. Like, mm-hmm. ooh, embody and use super or, uh, pleasure as your superpower and play and have more fun. Quit taking life so seriously. Like, yes, let's do the work. Let's heal. Let's go. So we can play and have fun and feel so much happier and abundant and rich in pleasure and joy. Mm, I love this. 
Thank you. Yes, I have a similar motto specifically this month, which is it's October. Let's get weird. Ah! Like, come yeah. on. Let your free yeah. flag fly. Like, come what? on. And and as oh, much yeah. as that is not, you know, like there's nothing really, there's not freak or no freak here. But I want, you know, seriously, open up, like, you know, let's let go of this bullshit of what we should or shouldn't do or who we're supposed yep. to be. Yeah. Uh -uh. Be wild and free, baby. That's why I'm wildfire. Let's do this. <laughs> oh, amazing. Your energy is unbelievable. I thank you loads and loads for joining me in this conversation. I feel inspired just talking to you. Thank like you. I said, there's going to be, we're going to link up all the um, information to contact and, and keep in touch with Chelsea in the, yeah. in the description when I update everything, which will probably be tomorrow. Um, and you're amazing. And thank you. I appreciate thank you. It. So yeah, there'll be a link for a discovery call. It's a free 30 minute call to feel into and see to apply to work with me or not. So that link will definitely be there. And then I'll send a link for the landing page for uh, Break the Cycles too, if you want to look it over. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my God, this has been great. Thank you so much. I want you to have an amazing rest of your day. And if you're listening to this and if you love what you hear, obviously feel free to contact Chelsea and keep in touch with her. But also make sure that you're going on to YouTube to describe to subscribe to the channel or that you can maybe follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. That would be amazing. That makes make sure that these concepts get heard by as many ears as possible is obviously the ideal goal here because they're important concepts, especially mm -hmm. now living, mm -hmm. in a, you know, we're living in a crazy time and we all need to collectively be there for each other and, and start talking about this shit. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Thank you so much. I'm going to end our broadcast. Thanks for our listeners. And we'll talk to you soon. Beautiful. Thank you. Take care of yourselves. Oh, yes. <laughs>